0: Hold on a second, we've run in, there we go. Hello everyone and welcome to Mike Springston FFC podcast as well as our Facebook uh, from Family Fellowship Chapel, um, Lift Him Higher Radio and um, uh, YouTube. We're glad to have all of you on board and uh, today we're going to go into chapter 3 of Ephesians so we're not going to delay with that. Uh, You contact me through all of the means That we always give uh, But the book of Ephesians Is where we're headed So let's pray Father we thank you for the word of God Open our eyes that we can see our ears That we can hear in our heart That we can understand what the word of God says to us And then Father uh, May we apply it to our lives So that we can be changed Into the image of your dear son Jesus speak to us out of heaven And show us what we need to know do understand and demonstrate And we will give you praise and honor and glory for all of it as we receive it and release it to your people. We bless you now in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. Paul says, to preach this, this gospel that he has given them and declared to them in the first two chapters of Ephesians. Now remember, he's preaching to a people that have absolutely no background. He's preaching to a people that have an idolatrous background, so they are full of all kinds of spiritual things that are not Christ-like. He said, for this reason, I'm set to preach Jesus Christ to you to help you Gentiles. Now, when we get done with this, you're going to see that Paul teaches Jesus Christ from the cross to him being the man in the Godhead bodily. We're going to identify all of that. If you have heard of the dispensation of grace, grace is the dispensation of the spiritual time under which you and I are still living. So that makes Paul's teaching as appropriate at this moment as it was the moment he spoke it. Now, we can look at it any way we want to, and we can try to say Paul's time and our time are different. Well, the truth of the matter is the dispensational times absolutely are no different. Grace is the dispensation of the spiritual time under which you live. God is the one that showed Paul this by revelation. Hi, Charles. Verse 4, when you read my work, Paul says you will know where this message came from. You'll know how I got it. You'll know where the revelation of it came. Verse 5, before my revelation that was not known. The revelation of grace was not known. But now the holy apostles and the prophets know about grace by the revelation of the Spirit. We as Gentiles are meant to be fellow heirs of the same body of actions that were completed by Jesus Christ and to become partakers of his promises in Christ by the gospel. What does that mean? That means that the process that Jesus underwent to go from earthly ministry to the cross and all the way to the Godhead is absolutely meant for you and I to follow and for us to become fellow heirs. But we don't teach that because obviously we don't understand that. The ministry of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ was meant for you to be a fellow heir to. That means that whatever Jesus did and accomplished, now watch this now, from the cross to the man in the Godhead, you not only have access to, but you are responsible to. Someone said, well, what about the works that Jesus did? What about all of that? What about the fact that he fed Uh, the 5,000 from five loaves and two fish, from five uh, fishes and two loaves. Well, my friend, if you're going to operate in the acts of Jesus Christ in that perspective of his earthly ministry, and you're going to go about doing his works, okay, okay, then you're going to have to feed the 5,000, you're going to have to walk on the water, you're going to have to cast out devils, you're going to have to do all of those works that Jesus Christ did. However, there is a mechanism for you to operate in the works of Jesus Christ that will be greater than the works that we saw him do. Huh? Huh? Are you kidding me? What did? What will he do that's going to be greater than the works of feeding 5,000 or the works of laying hands on the blind or the works of seeing the dumb speak and the dead rise? What's going to be a greater work that you specifically will apply yourself to that is going to be Equally great, but yet bring you into a fellowship of inheritance of his work, of his deeds. Well, my friend, I don't see people today taking five fishes and two loaves and feeding hundreds of thousands of people. I don't see human beings walking on the water. No, I don't. I see people using suggestive theology and I see people bringing out of others demonic activity. I see that through suggestive theology. Suggestive theology is God's about to, God's going to. Oh, I believe it's in you. Oh! oh, I believe, I see you. Whatever. And all of a sudden, those things manifest. That's suggestive theology. Our great brother T.D. Jakes is one of the greatest suggestive theologists that has ever lived. However, Jesus said that there's going to come an activity that's going to be greater. That activity... (laughs) <laughs> that is greater is that that man is going to go to the cross and you're going to see him die. Then you're going to see them bury him. Then you're going to see him resurrected. That's a greater activity. That's a deeper activity. That's a far more ready activity in the spiritual world than you walking up to one blind man laying hands on him and all of a sudden calling yourself spiritual. Or are you calling a devil out of somebody. Oh, now think it through now. So here we are. But we're not seeing the preponderance of the Christian body raising the dead. My mother did. My mother laid hands on a man that was dead in charge of a heart attack raised him from the dead. How many times did she do it, Pastor? Did she walk through the morgue and raise them all up? <laughs> no. She did it one time. So those things can occur. But there is a greater work that Jesus did. There is a greater work that Jesus accomplished. What was the greater work? It was the work that Paul said in Romans 10, 9 and 10 would be the work by which you would be saved. It's called the resurrection. In the resurrection, there would be a deliverance for you. And we don't want to see that. Why? Because we're just like Israel. We want to sign We want a sign, we want to see a sign, we want something to happen that we can visibly know because we are intellectual humans that cannot have faith beyond what we can see. But the Bible plainly declares we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul here is saying to them, you have become fellow heirs of the same body of the actions of Jesus Christ and he's going to take you through those actions that you have become heirs of. And those heirs of (laughs) are not the calling down or out of of demons. They will happen. You will subdue a demon long before you will cast him out. You will hands on the sick and maybe one eye will recover, maybe two, maybe five, maybe ten, but it won't be everybody that's blind. You won't raise every dead person. That's an that's act of God. However, you can follow Jesus and you can follow him through every step of his journey. But that seems too uh, simplistic in the mind of some people that seems way beyond their ability to ascertain or gravitate to. Just simply following Jesus. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. (laughs) That's what Paul did. That's how he got the revelation of the mystery of grace. He followed Jesus. And he told you so in every book that he wrote to every church. How he did it. But that old way just doesn't seem to be something we're interested in anymore. We follow off to cunning fables and the slight of men and we follow their ministry. There are five different ways that you can preach and never touch the Bible. You can teach through suggestive ministry. You can teach through a motivational ministry. You can teach through a positive self-image ministry. You can teach through a social justice ministry. You can teach the Bible Now here we stand. You can do all of those means and call yourself a preacher and people will follow you. Paul said they will follow another gospel. Paul is declaring here that you have become fellow heirs of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not a fable, not an idea, not someone else's interpretation. Not some book or commentary that they wrote that told you what they think about it. But you can become a fellow heir of the same body of actions that Jesus Christ. Look what he said. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Well, we know what those deeds were, even though 99% of the churches only preach on the resurrection one time of year, year, and they jump up and down and talk about, oh, the, 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 the other one was responsive. I forgot that one. That was the fifth one, responsive preaching. Everyone has to respond physically. That has been the thing that has led our church into the bondage of which it is right now. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because we have forced the response out of people and then told them they were saved when they were no more saved than I'm a Chinese airplane navigator. Why? Because they never understood the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We got a response out of them. We didn't get grace applied correctly until truth, truth would verify their response. But we got a response out of them. Now we go to church and we jump and we shout and we flip balloons up in the air and, and we do YMCA <laughs> like we're doing cheers. And what have we done? We've gotten a response, but it has neither grace applied nor truth to justify it. What's happened in our church world? Well, we've taken those five ministerial applications that have a kernel of theology but no truth. Why? Because we're not operating in the same body from the same promises that are in Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, I could preach here a while, but I've got to move on. This message, according to Paul in verse 7, is my ministry. This is Paul talking, it's not me. And it is according to the gift of grace that is given to by the effectual working of power. Huh, isn't that amazing? What Paul spoke in Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, is bringing back up again. That grace is given to me by a work of power. That means the Holy Ghost is giving it to him. Now, a lot of people are doing work that the Holy Ghost aren't giving. I proved that to you. Why? Because they're operating in the power of suggestion. Suggestion is not the power of the Holy Spirit, my friend. To suggest something to someone means that you are trying to make them and force them to think something that in the ultimate is not true, never was true, nor ever has been true. I've heard T.D. Jake stand a billion times and say, God's about to bless somebody. God's about to bring riches into your life. God's about to. And them same people show up every Sunday waiting, waiting. About to ain't happened yet. Or somebody says, I know you feel this way. I know this is how you feel. And somebody says, you know what? Yes, you're right. I I agree with you. Now we put bondage on them at both ends. What a sad commentary, my friend. What a sad commentary. When we do not understand the spiritual enough to know how to protect and guard our tongue so that we don't be injurious and hurtful to people. My friend, we as ministry, through those five elements, suggestive ministry, responsive ministry, positive thinking, motivational and social justice ministries, we are leading more people into spiritual bondage than we could ever even begin to imagine. And we're doing it thinking we're doing God a favor by being such a powerful communicator and a powerful speaker and a powerful person that I can suggest to you that you can be rich or I can suggest to you that you may be having a feeling. My friend Paul never worked off a of feeling. Paul, Paul had no inkling to feeling. He said none of those feelings move me. Why? Because he was moved by the application of, of the works of the promises from the body of Jesus Christ. Now, we can go a lot of different directions. We can operate in those five ministries that are deceitful, that are corrupted, that are preaching things, that are absolute lies, and bring people into the very bondage that Jesus Christ declared, that he was here under the anointing of the Spirit of God To deliver us from. But yet we will stand in pulpits all over the world. And commiserate with the very spirit of darkness. And do so thinking we are operating in a spirit of anointing. We are not. We are operating in the spirit of darkness. Suggestivism. Responsism. Positive thinking. All of those are spirit of darkness, motivationalism, and social justice are spirits of darkness that are being corrupted upon the mind of people by deceitful and cunning people who are given positions of which they are neither qualified nor ready, or they are charlatans that are producing the enemy's word and corrupting God's good people. What a sad commentary. Paul is saying he is giving you none of that. I'm not giving you any of that. I'm giving you the body and the work of Jesus Christ. Period. You don't need to look for another sign. You don't need to go try to feed the 5,000 with five fish and two loaves of bread. You don't need to worry about laying hands on the sick unless I tell you to. You don't need to worry about what the devil is doing unless I tell you to be concerned with it. What you need to do is follow me. When you follow me, I I will lead you into the places where I will perfect you for the work of the ministry. Paul is going to get to this in Ephesians 4. But you're going to have to come through the deeds and the operations of Jesus Christ. Not looking and saying, well, Jesus walked on the water. Let me take a step. You know what you'll get? A wet foot. That's what you'll get. A wet foot. Because the Holy Ghost has not called you to that event. Nor called you to that moment. So my friend, we need to stop seeking the signs, the wonders. They are there. And they will be done by those who are prepared to operate in them. But they will only be done at the moment for which they are prepared to be operated in. By Jesus Christ through you. Jesus didn't lay hands on everybody that was sick. He only laid hands on those that were prepared. That he was prepared by God through the Holy Spirit to do so. He didn't raise everybody from the dead. No, he didn't do that. Why? Because neither they nor he was prepared for him to do that. He didn't cast out out every devil. No. He would have slain all of Israel had he done that. No, he didn't. But he did do something you can do. He did. Now, I want to tell you something, son. Listen, friends. I've laid hands on people who were about to go through amputation. And God healed them. I've laid hands on people who could not talk for months and God healed them. Why? Why? Was it this hand? Was it my intellectual idea to just run up? No, 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 no. God told me what to do, what to say, and how to do it. I've laid hands on countless thousands of people. Countless thousand pronounce the name of Jesus over them. When God ordains the operation to be done, God will ordain it and it will occur exactly as he ordains. Paul said, for you and me to follow him, to go into the fellowship of his body and his promises. Now we're going to find that And it's all going to come right back to what I've been preaching and teaching for over a year. Sometimes it concerns me. And I say, Lord, why? Why, why, why? Can't we just... And the Holy Spirit takes me right back into some other aspect of this ministry. Then I go into Paul's writings and guess what I find out? God did the same thing through Paul to every church Paul spoke to. He preached a version of the same message to every church he spoke to. What a ministry Paul had. Now, my friend, there's a reason in your life and my life that God has brought us to the intersection of this moment. And the purpose of this moment is for us to understand the truth of God's word. This message, Paul said, is my ministry and it is according to the gift of grace that is given by the effectual working of the power of the Holy Ghost. He identified the message of that power for us at the end of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. He said, I have a background that may have disqualified me except for grace. We all have that background, my friend. Now, here's the issue with people right now. People dig their heels in and they say, I'm not accepting that. They become defiant, they become offended, they become angry, they become disobedient. When they become disobedient, they become divisive. And they think that their opposition is the individual of whom they're looking. They think that the other human that is standing in the track of what they want and what they believe is their problem. Not so, my friend. Not so. It is not the human of which you fight against, it is the spiritual. And you're, when you fight against the spiritual, you're fighting against God. You're not fighting against your preacher. Your teacher, your husband, you're fighting against God. You're fighting against the word of God, the truth of God, the structure of God, the plan of God, and the direction of God. Now what happens when one becomes doed, when he becomes defiant, offended, angry, and disobedient? that dude person then becomes divisive. They become extremely divisive. They become so divisive that they could spit ten penny nails right into your heart. They don't want to listen. Because why? They're living more closely to darkness than they are to light. And they refuse the concept. Never understanding that what they are doing is being defiant to God, because what they live by is what they see, feel and hear. They live by that. Their verbiage communicates that. And they remind me of the demon that Jesus spoke to in Mark chapter or Luke, rather chapter four. I want to show you that demon. Can I show you that demon real quick? In Luke chapter 4 and verse 34, he said, the demon said, let us alone. What's he being? Defiant. What are we to do with thee? What's he doing? Taking offense. Thou Jesus of Nazareth, are you come to destroy me? What's he doing? He's being angry. You're the Holy One of God. What's he doing? He's being disobedient, directly disobedient to the man who is in fact the Holy One of God. What does Jesus do? Jesus says to him, hold your peace. Shut your mouth. Then he says to the spirit that is the driving factor behind what's wrong, come out of them. Come out of them. Shut your mouth and come out of them. Now, people are operating this way around the world today. We don't recognize it. We don't understand it. We don't see it. Why? Because they live in the fivefold ministries that are all done under cunning craftiness. They live in the ministry of suggestion, they live in the ministry of response. They live in the ministry of positive thinking. They live in the ministry of motivation. They live in the ministry of social justice. They don't live in a biblical ministry. So therefore, because they don't, they operate in the demonic and don't even realize it. They think it's the anointing. What a dangerous place to be. Because in your thought process, you are leading others to be in as deep a bondage as you are. But Paul said, that's not my ministry. That's not the ministry of grace. If you're living over there, you're living in the wrong part of the promises of God. Wow. Wow. My heart is burdened by the left. Who are they, Pastor? The foolish. My heart is burdened by the foolish who have spiritually gone into a place of darkness and they are so blinded by it that they refuse truth. Let me move on. Paul says in verse 9, if you are in Christ, you are in the fellowship of the grace that is this ministry, that this ministry offers. Now watch. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. If you're in Christ, you're in the fellowship of that grace. Why? Because it was created for you By Jesus Christ Verse 10 Now the powers that are related to heaven Can be known by the church The powers that are related to heaven Can be known by the church That power is the manifold wisdom of God That is the one that lives on the right The one whose heart is correct Operating in the wisdom of God Not in the wisdom of man Not looking at people from their human side But looking at people inwardly and identifying and discerning their spirit. That person operates in the wisdom of God. Verse 11, he purposed an eternal purpose in Christ, who is our Lord. Mm, an eternal purpose. Isn't it amazing that in Colossians 3.1, he said that we should seek those things which are above. Why? Because it's those things that are above are the eternal purpose of God. Of Christ who is our Lord. Verse 12. By his lordship we have boldness and access with confidence by using his faith. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Some people have said to me. I'm sure not said to me but said about me. Boy that that, that part about the gift of faith and the faith that is by Jesus Christ. I don't understand it. I don't get it it doesn't make sense to me. I just don't see it. That's because you're not understanding Paul's teaching. Paul is the one that taught it, not me. Don't look to me as if I'm a human that's trying to make up my own story about Jesus Christ and how to serve him. I'm not doing that. I'm reading you the word of God. I'm not making my own commentary on this. I'm simply telling you what Paul is saying in his writing. Here's what he said. There was an eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus. That eternal purpose was that you would have boldness and access and confidence because of the faith that was given to you of him. Now listen to what Paul said. Paul said there's something deeper than the earthy side. There's something more that you have to traverse and be translated into than the earthy side. And that translation is going to bring you into a faith that is of him. Not a faith that is a gift of God, but a faith that is of the one of whom you are in for eternal purposes. Verse 12, by his lordship. Well, now, now, isn't that amazing that we saw the lordship prior to him being seated? By his lordship, we have boldness and access with confidence by using his faith. Verse 13, don't focus on what appears to be happening to me. That's a big statement. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, for which is your glory. Don't don't look at what's happening to my human self. Don't look at the attack of which my human side is under. Don't pay attention to the chains and the bonds they try to come around me with. Don't pay attention to the defiance of those. Don't pay attention to the offense of those. Don't pay attention to the anger or the, the disobedience of those. Don't pay attention to the division that tries to be caused. Don't look at that. Don't pay attention to that. Don't focus on what is happening, what you can see. Focus on what's going on in the spirit world. Because behind defiance, anger, uh, offense, disobedience, and division is one single solution. And that is that they are operating by another spirit, not the spirit of the Holy Ghost. They are operating by on and through another spirit. I'm going to show you how Paul teaches that in Ephesians chapter 6. Don't miss it. I'm already over time. God, minister through your word to your people. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us. And we will give you praise and honor and glory. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord and our man in the Godhead. I saw Jim and Tammy and Sharon and Joey. Uh, Thank you all for listening today. Many more will listen. The question is not listening, it is hearing. The question is not listening, it is hearing. Because you will listen to someone and it will go in this ear and out the other or will you hear them? And in hearing them, will it resonate in your mind? Will truth resonate in your mind? My Facebook friends, I'll be back tomorrow. Probably every day this week. Teaching and telling you the word of truth. May God bless you until we speak again. Podcast, find him as Lord. And there you'll find him in the privilege of his name. Find him as the man in the Godhead, and there you'll find him as the man who will show you great mighty things that are to come. God bless you.